What is up, party people? Welcome back to Theory and Theology Podcast. I am drinking a little jasmine green tea in a short glass. It's actually a plastic cup, but it looks like a glass. Um, I walked out of the house and went outside to sit outside in the front of the house. And it probably looks like I'm drinking beer. But, or it might look like wine too, or some kind of like hard liquor. It's like a caramel looking color. But nope, it's just tea. Um, had a little dark chocolate. Uh, just a little 4 p.m. ish, little energy boost. Um, I hope it doesn't keep me up again. Yesterday I had some tea. But I feel like it was later, and I didn't go to the gym either, so um, I think it kept me up a little bit. I think I only slept like six hours, which is why I'm like pretty tired right now. Um, but anyways, I wanted to talk about the internet. Um, uh, if people like this kind of cultural... Um, Adventist upbringing kind of thing. I mean, I've, I think I've touched on this before, but I kind of want to pull in not only like experiences in my youth and, uh, you know, young adulthood with internet and religion, but also talk some about kind of some more recent experiences with internet as well as what some other religious groups are kind of doing along the lines of internet um, and how we're kind of seeing it changing. This is very informal. It's only really based on watching a couple YouTube videos, uh, but I'm also a little aware of like internet culture, YouTube specifically. Um, I started watching YouTube when some friends of mine told me about it. Um, I was probably in college. I think I was in college. Like, I was probably like 18, 19. Uh, We used to have a household desktop in our living room where I used to watch uh, Yahoo music videos. And they had some stuff, but they didn't have a lot. And I'm not going to start at this point. I'll actually back up from here even. But um, this is kind of the first thing that's on my mind. I remember watching Creed music videos. Um, It was back when Creed was kind of newer. I was kind of really into guitars back then. And Mark Tremonti, I was kind of trying to figure out his style because it was kind of like bluesy country. Um, But it wasn't something I'd heard too much in rock music. Uh, but also because back then people used to say that Creed was a Christian group. And I remember the Christian bookstores used to sell their albums. And like, I think on some of the, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like on some of the church channels, they would play their stuff. There are a lot of groups that were like that. Switchfoot, Reliant K, Skillet. Uh, there were a lot of groups that, you know, I grew up listening to 
that people were like, oh, yeah, they're Christian, POD, you know, and then down the line, they're like, no, we're not Christian. And I'm kind of like, really? Because you kind of were like you came from the Christian scene and they used to play with all these other like Christian rock bands locally, like in L.A. and stuff. I don't know about Creed specifically, but I'm just thinking about some of these other groups where like I specifically remember them being like on Christian you know, tours and stuff with Christian bands because I was always around people who were only allowed to, like, go to those kind of concerts. And so there were a lot of those groups that I kind of saw early on that maybe their music wasn't, like, Christian-based, but, like, they had a Christian fan base before they had a secular fan base. Like, they were they were touring with Christian musicians a lot of the time um, and playing at churches and playing at, you know you know, places where Greg Laurie would be speaking and things like that. Like, it was church environment type of religious stuff. Um, but yeah, like, I remember I was introduced to YouTube. I, yeah, I think I had a computer in my room, so I had a laptop. It was an HP. It was a 17-inch monitor. For some reason, the the seven two six zero US sticks in my mind. I don't know if that's the if that's the type it was, but I think that's what it was. Um, it ran hot. The fan sounded like a freaking hovercraft. Like it was really loud. And I remember my friends um, showing me in my bedroom. They're like, "Oh, you should go on YouTube." And you know, they were telling me how they let it load like to half of the video and then watch it because they were like oh you could get more videos on YouTube than on Yahoo and I was like oh really and so that's where I first started watching YouTube like was it was just like home videos and people just posting little tutorials and just like oh here's my garden oh watch me wash my car like it was it wasn't anything like you know channels weren't big there was nothing really too huge um about it I don't know if you could really monetize too much it was more like posting home videos type of thing or videos you wanted to share and then it was like good for streaming like music videos and stuff like that I wonder if I could find the first subscription that I got on YouTube um I don't remember what the first content was that I subscribed to but some of my oldest favorites, I remember Linkin Park, um, I rem- uh, that music video, One Step Closer, when that was kind of newer, that was one of the first things I saved as a favorite. Another thing I saved as a favorite, um, what was it called? Uh, I had a lot of religious stuff I saved as favorites. Um, I remember just a lot of stuff, a lot of like Islamic prayers and, you know, Jewish content. I think I mentioned before that I used to follow, uh, Heshi Freed from, from satire. Um, I was very interested in culturally how he presented his religious, uh, kind of experiences being a from Jew um and I think he was mostly in New York I think he moved to California at one point but I think he was mostly in New York and um 
you know, um, I'm not sure if he grew up Chabad or not. Like, he mentioned it before, um, but I don't really know if he was. Uh, I think he went to Yeshiva. Like, I was really into his content. Um, and just stuff that was kind of like that. Like, I was really kind of into it. Um, so early on, I think I saw the benefit of, you know, internet and just for entertainment purposes, like, um, like I think early on I was pretty like, okay, like I kind of see how, you know, this is interesting. Um, but I wasn't that, I was never really like overly into it. I don't think not until like later on when I had to be online, like all the time, but I remember as kids growing up, um, like, with Adventist culture, you know, sun goes down Friday night, TVs go off, radios go off, um, I think we could still make phone calls, I don't remember not being able to talk on the phone, but I don't remember specifically talking on the phone too much, because most of my friends, I saw them Friday nights, I saw them Saturdays, I saw them during the Sabbath, and so... I don't think we talked on the phone that much um, on the Sabbath because you we were usually with our families and, like, we had just seen each other. It's like we would have just seen each other at school and then gone to, like, a youth meeting and would have just seen each other at a youth meeting up until a couple hours before you're ready to go home and go to bed and then wake up and go to church and be there by, like, 9 in the morning. So, like, we were always with each other and and we I'm with my friends I used to talk to my friends probably every day on the phone but I don't know if there were really phone rules like like landline phone rules with the church because I feel like a lot of people who were really involved weren't really home maybe that's why they never talked about it much but I don't think people really talked too much about what you could and couldn't do on your phone um that conversation never came up much until blackberry phones and sidekicks and all that kind of stuff started getting popular and then people were kind of like I don't know about like texting on your phone during church or like looking at the internet and like sports store sports scores and like you know checking emails and stuff on the sabbath but I mean that's mostly what it was it was like checking emails um browsing the internet uh streaming wasn't that popular back then So most people were getting their entertainment, like, unless they were reading stuff, most of the entertainment back then was coming from television or radio or newspapers or magazines and movies in the theaters and stuff like that. Um, People had phones, but they were mostly landlines. People had computers, but they were mostly desktops. Like, households have usually one desktop, maybe two, like, maybe a child or, like, the kids would have a a desktop and then the parents would have one for, like, a home office or something. But usually that was the conversation, and this is pre-Facebook, like, and so pre-Facebook, I think people weren't really talking too much about the internet. Like, people would say, oh, like, I don't check my emails and all this kind of stuff, or, like, you know, they just kind of lumped it in with television, but it also was kind of not really something that people were too into. Like, most people didn't have, like, high-speed internet. Most people didn't have decent enough, like, 
internet where you could stream. A lot of people didn't have wireless internet. You were kind of like with the ethernet cable like locked in, you know, um, dial up and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't remember it really changing significantly until Facebook and YouTube kind of became like, other than the Blackberry phones and sidekicks, um, and I could be incorrect on this, but I feel like the sidekick was, I never had one. Like, I feel like it was mostly used for texting I don't know if people had video games on there or, um, or, uh, like internet. I, I really don't recall. Um, but I remember I had like a Sony Ericsson small little blue flip phone. Uh, I think I had Tetris on there and I could text. I don't remember if I had internet until I got like a Razer. I had an LG phone, flip phone, and then I had a, a Razer flip phone, um, and the Razer flip phone, I think had internet for sure. <clears throat> Cause I don't think we knew that we weren't supposed to use it. And I remember we got like, we racked up a big bill using the internet when we didn't know we weren't supposed to or something. Um, <clears throat> and, but it was like basic web browsing. It didn't have anything you could go on Yahoo, Google, I think, um, and just like search for whatever your interest was and just read articles and stuff. And people would do that, but it wasn't as like addictive or like intriguing as like video and like Instagram and TikTok and like the short form content that you could just like even be watching without even having to have headphones or to listen to it in public. You could still just watch it. Um, like I was in the, in the sauna today, I saw people like one guy on my right, like I'm, I'm like in the level, like above, like the step above. And there's two guys below me on either side. One guy on the right was scrolling like articles. The other guy on the left was scrolling Instagram. Like nobody had their sound on. I think the guy on, on to the right of the guy on my right, he was kind of in the corner and he had his music on and you could hear like his headphones um, it's not uncommon for people to be in the sauna and the steam room all over in the gym, just like on their phone. Like I was on my phone in the gym today trying to like, cause I thought I was going to play a podcast episode cause I was trying to finish listening to what I was listening to in the morning and you know, I couldn't get it to play. And then by the time I got the internet on and then I had something in my, I had it in my pocket and then like, I guess I had the web browser open. It was like through a Patreon, uh, subscribed site and then like it turned off you know it clicked off the page and then like it just shut off and I was like screw this like I'm not gonna I probably listened to all of like 15 minutes or 10 minutes of something uh but I was fumbling around with it for a bit and I noticed like if you're on the elliptical or something or on the bike and you're just fumbling around trying to get your phone to work that's a good 10 minutes you know (laughs) into your workout and so I'll usually when I get into the gym I just start you know Because I know if I'm going to be fumbling on my phone, I don't want to be, like, wasting time trying to find what I'm trying to listen to. It's, like, I'll already be five or ten minutes into the workout by the time I get the internet logged on and try to find my password and all this nonsense. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of funny to me. But, um, yeah, like, um, and sometimes I'm very, I'm very conscious, conscious, cautious 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 of it I guess 
um, just trying to pay attention. And that's what I've been trying to do lately. Not even for religious reasons or whatever. It's just, I've been really trying to pay attention and, and focus and think about, you know, internet use, uh, phone use. I think my brother's the only person I know who doesn't really use a smartphone. Um, he's kind of opted out of all that lifestyle. He uses email. Um, and that's it. Like, and he doesn't really respond to texts or use them. Like, it's like work-based only pretty much. He doesn't really do anything like that. Um, if it's not for work, um, he's not really active on social media, nothing like that. So, um, he reads a lot. Um, like he's into YouTube and things. But he's not really too into, you know, mainstream use of smartphones. Um, and so that was, yeah, early on, before Facebook, before YouTube. So, yeah, I got into YouTube earlier in college. I got into Facebook like right when I started grad school. And so, I don't know when that was. That was like sometime in like 2008 or something. Um I remember being in a stats class and one of my classmates and another one they were like we need to make you a Facebook cuz you're not on there. So they both made my Facebook page um, and I never changed the picture ever since. <laughs> the picture of my profile is like when I was living uh, near the university where I was going to school up in L.A. And I took that picture in my room. There's like a Death Note. Um, I don't know if people like if people follow the anime, but it was like one of my friends gave me this Death Note notebook. It was like a journal and it comes with a little um, cardboard like cover so it looks like a book you could kind of like nicely stash it on your bookshelf and it would look like a little thin book and um that's kind of in the background like I'm like on the on my bed like sitting on my bed took like a selfie and that's kind of like in the background on top of the like quilt that's on the quilt is one that my aunt made me for my high school graduation um that I still have um it's completely like falling to pieces like all the all the all the main parts are there, but all the little decorative, like, flowers and things are, like, the leaves are, like, falling off and stuff, but, um, the, sh- the blanket's still completely there, um, but, yeah, um, I just found it funny, um, that that was kind of what, uh, what came up for me, um, you know, when I was thinking about, when I was thinking about these things, and then, uh, so I was thinking about, um, this, um, yeah, that, that whole concept of how things changed from, like, okay, don't watch TV, don't listen to the radio on Sabbath, to, you know, don't use the internet on the Sabbath, and it wasn't too much of a problem, I feel like, for most people to not use the internet on the Sabbath, and now I don't know if people ever talk about 
don't use the internet on Sabbath, especially because like their church services are live streamed on on Facebook and YouTube and like, um, but you know somewhere along the line, I'm not saying like there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying somewhere along the line, things completely shifted from how they were in my childhood to like we're constantly online now. You almost can't disconnect. Even for a 24-hour Sabbath, you almost can't disconnect. Um, You know, like, if you were to count, like, texting as well, I think most people probably wouldn't want to do that. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. So, basically, I remember when... I used to come home from church, like, I'm, I've mentioned before, like, I didn't grow up in a really strict household with, like, Sabbath rules and stuff, so, like, we would go to church and do all the church activities, like, throughout the week and everything, but, you know, when we came home, it wasn't like, okay, don't do this and don't do that, like, we weren't really allowed to publicly watch stuff that was, that had profanity or violence or anything like that, so if I wanted to watch that kind of stuff, I'd have to go watch it in my own bedroom. Like, I used to have a TV in my room and then my laptop, of course. And so I used to watch that kind of stuff in my own room, but I would never watch it, like, in the living room. So if I had friends over to watch something, we'd probably have to watch it in my bedroom. Um, So we had... Um... All that kind of stuff, like in the house, ability to watch stuff, but there were some rules. It wasn't necessarily Sabbath rules. It was just like all the time, like don't watch things that are, you know, profane. Um, and I've even talked about it before. Like it was even past that. Like I remember there was a scene in High School High where, like, I've talked about these before. Where like there's a there's, I guess these two people are accent like the there's like this Caucasian teacher and I guess this other staff like an Asian lady and I think they're at her house or his house and some reason they're like banging into each other and accidentally slapping each other and stuff it was like one of they weren't like fighting it wasn't like a DV kind of situation it was just like you know like one person falls into the other and then like somebody's head goes in the fish tank or whatever but then it's like all the sounds in the background sounded kind of sexual. And I remember one of my parents being in the other room. They're like, what are you guys watching in there? You know, it's like, it wasn't, you know, I, I remember when it started getting like that. And like my brother and my friend and me were watching this movie and I was like, oh, we're going to get in trouble watching this. And so I remember like when it started sounding like that, I just went in the bathroom and I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. Um, cause I know that it's loud and I was trying to turn it down they're like, well, we can't hear. And I'm like, uh, this sounds like something that we're not supposed to be watching, you know, even though it wasn't really something that, you know, my parents would have really hated on. Um, but that was the most that I feel like my folks would complain about was the kind of movies we would watch. Um, because they gave us like full access. Like we had at a certain point we had direct TV and stuff and like we had HBO um, I don't remember what else we had. I remember Stars, BET Stars, like all, like we had a bunch of movie channels, 
But it wasn't like Showtime and stuff like that. It was just like other movie channels. But back when you had to like pay for the movie channels. So we had like a lot of movie channels and stuff. And so, and like MTV and that kind of thing. Like the music video channels and stuff. And then like, yeah, they were like not really into us watching that kind of thing. But that's kind of all we like to watch. Um, And, you know... Oftentimes it was my dad that would be just be like, stop watching that kind of stuff. Um, but it's like, we have all the channels to watch it. And we used to be able to go to like Blockbuster and rent movies when we felt like it. And like go to the movie theater all the time. And like, we were very into movies and stuff. And so we would be watching stuff we weren't really supposed to watch. Especially because we used to have friends that were that weren't from church. So whenever they would come over, they'd be like, hey, like... I got this VHS, or I got this on tape or DVD, like, do you want to watch it? And we'd watch it, and we'd almost always never get to finish the movies, um, and especially if it's on the weekend, because my dad would be home, and he'd always just be like, shut it off, kind of thing. Um, and he'd always be like, oh, how can some someone who's baptized be watching this kind of stuff? And it's kind of like, whatever. Like, <laughs> um, But, you know, it never really started affecting me till like, later in life, and I don't, I don't really like you know, really intense shows now, but, like, back then, I used to really not mind it, um, I remember once going to this movie with a group of friends from church when I was in grad school, so we were all older, um, a little older, and probably, like, late 20s, and I remember we kind of sat up front, I can't remember what the name of this movie was. I feel like it had Mark Wahlberg in it. And it was probably like 10 years, 10, 15 years ago. Um, I can't remember the name of it. But it was kind of like a an action comedy. But it was kind of like a lot of crude kind of stuff. Um, it's parts of it were like gross. But it wasn't like violent like necessar- necessarily. Um, I can't remember the name, but I remember going with some religious friends who just hated it. And I feel like we were supposed to be there watching something else, but you know, sometimes like when one movie's like super full and then the other one's starting like 10 minutes later, but it's like, it has a lot of better seats. I think it was one of those situations where we were trying to see one thing and then ended up seeing something else. And I remember like half of my friends kind of like walked out in the middle of it and just like never came back. And they're like, oh, I didn't like that, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm never going to go see movies with them again, like, because I knew they weren't really into movies, and, like, they don't really watch that kind of stuff at all, because uh, of religious reasons, and so I was kind of like, well, I don't know why we even went to see it, but, um, I guess they didn't know what it was, like, at all, because, like, they weren't, like, familiar with the movies out, and so, like, they just got the tickets, because others of us were like, hey, let's get these tickets, and I think we just weren't thinking through what it was going to be like for those people, um, but mostly everybody left, but, like, me and, like, two other people, um, and they weren't really into it, but it was kind of funny in a way, like, because it really was a pretty bad movie, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a good movie, I don't even remember what it was called, um, and I don't think I really wanted to see it, I just wanted to hang out and, like, sometimes, Movies in the theater, even if they're really not good, it's still fun to watch it in the theater, if that makes sense. Like, sometimes you can really just have fun watching a movie that you would never otherwise want to rent or see or, like, purchase, but it's, like, it's in the theater, so it's, like, 
good quality and the sound and the environment and stuff and just like the snacks and everything sometimes. So it was kind of like usually it's just kind of more fun than just sitting home watching something on your phone or whatever. But um, yeah, I kind of did notice that I was like, this is kind of interesting, um, you know, with the movies and stuff, too. But yeah, um, so all all that to say, you know, I used to watch movies after church. I used to come home, you know, watch movies after church. Uh, I used to have a friend that almost without fail used to just get in the car with my family and just come over to our house. And, you know, so we would just hang out all afternoon. Sometimes I'd just leave my friend and I'd be, you know, in my room just like ignoring my friend. It was like family friends, you know, it's like, dude, sometimes I just want to be alone by myself. And like, like they come over every single week, you know, so it was like at a certain point it's like well whatever um and so usually my friend would be on the computer and I would watch movies in the living room sometimes I wouldn't because I'd be like it's annoying to watch movies when my parents are just gonna say to turn it off so I usually just leave my friend who was like obsessed with a certain band and they would just go online and like be like on the forums like looking at stuff for that band or whatever I remember going on band sites a lot too but, um, going and, like, looking at that band stuff and message boards and all that and forums and whatever and, like, Facebook and that kind of stuff. And they would just be online, like, all all the time, like, in our house. It's, like, it would be all Saturday and they'd be pretty much online until we were about to leave. And I was just, like, wow, this person's, like, always online. Um... Because I wasn't online, like, I was, like, in my room, or I'd be just, like, doing whatever else, or taking a nap, or whatever, but I was like, wow, they're always online, um, and so I started realizing, I was like, some people are really always online, because you used to be able to see on Facebook and MySpace and all the things, like, who was online, and you, you would see it, and it would be like, this person's always online, like, they're always online, um, and then some people would be like, oh, yeah, I just never... I never log out or whatever, like, I'm not really always on there, then it's like, yeah, you're probably always on there, um, but yeah, I noticed it at my house, I was like, okay, they're, like, always online, and so that's when it kind of hit me where I was like, oh, I see kind of now how, you know, the church was kind of saying stuff about being online, how it can be, like, a distraction or a problem, like, I'm not judging them, I'm not saying they were having some problem or whatever, but I was just thinking, like, it was literally all day, like, every Saturday, um, until the sun went down, pretty much, and then, you know, probably almost all the time, whenever I would go online, you know, they would be, their Facebook would be online, connected and stuff, so I was like, they're probably online all day at their house, and then they come over, and they're online all day at my house, you know, um, and I was like, wow, that's interesting, <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I never really thought much of it, but it was just kind of interesting, because I'd never really known that, you know, like, me and my, you know, siblings, you know, we were always, like, studying and things, we were, like, we would go online, but it was, like, limited, like, we didn't have to limit it, but we had other stuff we had to do, so we just didn't stay online all day like that too much, like, the longest I remember being online is if my brother was making, like, CDs from, like, Napster or whatever, um, or if I was, like, downloading stuff off LimeWire or whatever, like, usually, 
that's when it would be like lengthy because you want to make sure like nobody's tampering with your stuff or that what you download goes to the right place and if it looks like something's going wrong you kind of try to shut it down as early as you can but um yeah I um that was something I noticed I kind of realized I was like okay like maybe it can be an issue um and it only started coming back to my memory kind of in more recent years I was like oh yeah that was like a thing that like there was this whole like thing this whole transition between like tv and radio and then internet and you know a lot of people weren't really involved with internet but I remember when smartphones and tablets started getting popular um like a little further down the line when you know I'd see people with their kids in church and they give them like a tablet with games and like all kinds of stuff or like I'd see some of the like younger kids in church who could barely walk or talk and they knew how to like open up their parents phones and like get to the apps that they wanted and stuff and watch stuff or they'd be like crying until somebody like gave them a phone or something to like watch and then they just kind of like zone out and I was kind of like okay like you know I'm not I'm I'm not a parent I don't really know anything but you know to me I was like I wasn't raised like that because that wasn't like an option when I was that age you know, like, we got sat in front of the TV and stuff, but it was, like, you know, other than that, you know, um, I don't remember too much other stuff that we could really do, um, and, and, you know, we did play around in the house and, like, do homework and study and do other little things like that, but, um, and go outside and play and stuff, like, we weren't, always like in front of devices but you know I kind of I kind of wonder about it like not even necessarily from like a religious viewpoint all the time not like that like it's really hard to explain what I'm trying to say but just like for health reasons in general because so many people mention and myself included like I've I've experienced like anxiety from social media and like just kind of like how it just feels overwhelming sometimes Um, I've had to kind of like decrease my morning internet, you know, use, um, just cause it doesn't suit me sometimes. Um, it's not pleasant to wake up and then start checking emails and like thinking about like economic collapse and like all the stuff that's being advertised to me and like, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like, that's not usually ideally how I want to set my mind in the morning you know, I did that this morning, but usually I've gotten out of the habit of it. Um, and I didn't really like it this morning. It kind of threw me off. I did it kind of yesterday morning too. And it kind of threw me, um, off of kind of like my plans. So just things like that, you know, it's, um, like, I don't care. Like people are going to do what they're going to do, but it is very interesting how we've become very attached to these devices and, um, it's kind of, like, creepy and annoying, um, I don't like how, you know, whenever I subscribe to something or, or get, like, a new app or something, and then, like, it sells my information, now I'm getting all these spam emails, you know, it's just really annoying to me, um, because, you know, they're selling your information, like, I don't, 
I don't purchase that much stuff, but when I do, it's like, oh my goodness, like, why am I getting all these extra spam things, you know, when I do purchase something, I notice significantly getting more, and then trying to unsubscribe from them, my goodness, like, sometimes you just can't, and it's just really annoying, and it's like, how is that okay, like, how did they even make it so that's, like, a thing that you can't really fully unsubscribe from stuff sometimes, um, and then you're just, like, blocking it and deleting it and stuff like that, but, um, yeah, there's so much with spam that's just really annoying to me, um, but, yeah, I, I was, I was kind of curious about it with, um, with, like, thinking about how I grew up and how, you know, I grew up in a time where, you know, the internet existed, but I didn't always have internet till like, later on, and then when we did have internet, it wasn't, like, fast, or, like, it was mostly for, like, school and, like, learning, like, it wasn't necessarily something we used for entertainment, and even way back, I mentioned, I think I mentioned, like, there was a point where when you would turn in assignments, if you typed it, on a computer and printed it out or even use a typewriter but if it was typed you get like maybe one extra point or two extra points or something just to type it out um they would like try to incentivize you to like type instead of like writing um and I remember I used to type but um yeah and I remember one of my um, friends, I remember having friends that didn't have internet at a certain point, and I remember having friends, I remember when I didn't have an email address, and I think I got my first email when I was, like, 16, and then I had other friends who kind of were like, oh, like, what's your email address, and I was like, I don't really have one, um, and so even to think about not having an email address now would be weird, even though, I don't use it for much other than subscriptions or, like, professional reasons, like, when I'm working and stuff, but, you know, like, internet is usually kind of more of a professional type thing, um, a little bit social, but not, like, it's, it's different from other types of social media, and, um, I was mentioning this on another podcast and another, for another reason, but something that's kind of that kind of keeps bringing this full circle is um I was watching this episode of one of Drew Binsky's episodes uh where he was talking to someone from the Hasidic community a couple people I think one was like a trans female and then the other was this guy who has also been on Peter Santanello's uh videos um I want to say his name is Shlomi, but I'm, I'm, I'm so bad with names. I could be wrong. Um, another guy I've talked about a lot too, his name is Eli Yoder and he interviewed this guy. Um, it's kind of an older video, but he, he interviewed, um, Elmer Miller. Um, and so on Eli Yoder's YouTube channel, there's that episode and, you know, he even talks about, you know, sneaking in, you know, smartphones to the Amish community or like how Amish people some of them might borrow a phone or like 
ask for a ride and things like that. It's like they're not allowed to own them or have, you know, cars and things necessarily, depending. And he was kind of saying, I think they were saying that some of the newer, the, I don't know what it, like they're still old order Amish, I guess, but there are communities that do have Facebook and do have like internet and cars and but they're still old order Amish and that almost sounds kind of like no I mean I know I wasn't raised Amish or anything and I it's I can't really compare but it almost sounds like how in the Adventist community how a while back you know the internet kind of seeped into the culture and now it's kind of like you know in Adventist culture you don't really hear people saying you know don't use the internet on the Sabbath like that's or like don't go on social media on the Sabbath or like whatever. And it's kind of interesting because culturally you would think people would stick to that kind of thinking almost almost because you could tell if somebody's online. Um I would almost think that people would gravitate towards that to be like, "Oh, I want to see who's breaking the rules." kind of thing. Like I'm not saying that people are like shady like that, but it just sounds almost like something that's like there's an accountability factor there it's like well if I see you online it's because I was online too you know so you know um and I don't think they really shame people for I don't think people really even use Facebook like that anymore but I don't think they shame people for using like social media like Instagram TikTok all that kind of stuff I mean I'm pretty sure there are conversations about it but I don't really know what those are because I'm not like too tuned in um to the updated conversations but um I found that interesting with the Amish that there are communities I mean I'm not sure I'm pretty sure there aren't a lot but it's like if people are wanting smart devices and things like that it's kind of like okay like I could see it for business and that kind of thing but I mean like it's just a different lifestyle um like, I think I was raised in a different kind of lifestyle, even though I was pretty exposed to, like, mostly every mainstream type of thing. Um, I still wasn't fully, like, allowed to consume it, even though it was available to consume. There were rules where I wasn't allowed to really consume things, but there was really no consequence to consuming it. Um, we didn't really get in trouble for it, other than, you know, maybe a little scolding and just, like, stop doing that kind of thing, but it's like, well, you're gonna give us all the movie channels and tell us not to watch them, it's like, you know, like, you know, my parents never, like, banned all the movie channels or whatever, so that kind of thing, um, I think we had one discussion in our household related to not watching porn or else they were gonna throw out the computers and we're never gonna have internet again kind of thing, um, there's one conversation that ever came up regarding that. Um, and otherwise with stuff we weren't supposed to be watching, nobody ever really said anything. And then other than just don't watch it. And then, um, like, I don't know. There's, um, like, I know, I know there were definitely conversations that would come up in church a lot. Like, 
I remember my main pastor would always talk about, you know, like, porn and the internet and stuff like that. Like, he would bring it up a lot at a certain point. He brought it up so much. Um, and I don't really know what the conversation was, but he would talk about it. Like, just be careful with that kind of stuff. Um... It would kind of come up with friends and stuff. Like, we'd talk about it, like, a little bit. But it was kind of not really something we were too interested in, like, discussing too openly. And then, um, yeah, other than that, like, there weren't really a lot of internet conversations. And I'm wondering what it's like, you know, for different conservative religions to have internet, um, where they probably wouldn't have before. But now it's, like, so hard to not have internet, you know? And, you know, there are communities... It's, like, a lot of these communities of religious people live in major cities. Like, like I mentioned, you know? Like, I was raised in L.A. Like, it's the entertainment hub of the world. Like, one of them, you know? Like, you're not gonna not have internet, you know what I mean? Like, most of the people who create content move to L.A. because... It's where they can collab with people. It's where everything's happening. Like, I remember when when YouTube wasn't as big as it is now. And people were... Like, I followed a lot of different content creators. And I remember when slowly a lot of them started moving to L.A. Like, this was, like, before BuzzFeed got really popular and everything. And then there were companies like that that were just, like, cranking out content. Um, and, you know it just became a machine and it's just very interesting to me because it wasn't really like a thing. Um, and then it just blew up. Um, so that was something that I definitely noticed in my own lifetime. Um, that has, you know, my generation, you know, was definitely a part of social media, just becoming social media and like smart devices becoming just so available. Um, and I remember when, like, you know, I had family in other countries, I still do, but I remember before, like, when other people didn't have anything more than, like, a landline, I remember when my grandparents didn't even have a landline in their house, and they had to go, you know, they wouldn't use the phone until they were at someone else's house, um, and then I remember, like, when my Midwest family, none of them had internet, when I was growing up, like, when we had internet, like, a lot of them didn't have internet, and then a lot of my family in Zimbabwe didn't have internet, um, like, for a really long time, or smartphones or anything like that, like, I remember when I used to have friends from other countries that would leave the country, and I'd be like, well, we just won't be in touch for, like, months until they get back, and then at a certain point, it was like, oh, you can email me here, or you can, like, you know, have this social media here or there, um, and now it's, like, everybody has every app in every country on every smart device, and, like, everything usually works, like, it's not, like, a huge deal anymore to get in touch with people when they just leave the country on a trip or whatever, whereas before it used to be, and so, like, I've definitely seen a lot of change with internet and things like that, like, it's definitely changed a whole lot, um, and with the Jewish culture, something that, was interesting in Drubinsky's video was kind of how they talk about, you know, and also Peter Santanello's video 
um, how they talk about, like, media, how they have, like, different movies and shows that they expose to their kids and, like, bookstores and places where people can get material, like, entertainment, you know, newspapers, you know, different things, um, but they're just, like, so opposed to, like, internet, um, in the, in the way that the mainstream culture uses it, like, of course, like, there's 770 Live and all that kind of stuff where it's, like, they stream, like, the yeshiva, like, 24 hours, you know, a day other than, like, Sabbath and, like, different holy days and stuff, but you can watch 770 Live and, you know, there's Jewish people on there, just, it's, you know, it's a whole thing, um, and I think it's Lubavitch Chabad, I could be wrong, I get some of the groups mixed up, because I'm obviously not part of the culture, but I try, I try, um, I try to understand, like, which groups are which, because they are very different from one another, um, and I think I've mentioned before how I got really interested in from satire, uh, Heshi Freeze from satire, um, I got introduced through him, I think it was from satire.net, and then there was this other thing that he said he followed, I think it was called Punk Torah, that was one, uh, content creator, writer, blogger, another blogger, I think it was called Bus is Nice, um, but they were kind of, like, comedy and kind of, like, off-color a little bit. But they were still, like, considered, like, from Jews, I think. I don't think Punctora is from. I think he's maybe... I don't know if he's modern Orthodox or what. I don't know what he is. Um, but I think he's modern. Um, but there's all these different, like, levels of things. And there's something appealing... I mean, to me, there's something appealing about being cut off from mainstream culture on your own, like, for your own values. Like, for me, I, I, I don't know how to explain this. Like, like, people who know me know that I don't, like, I don't like anything. <laughs> like, I like YouTube, I like Instagram, I like texting. Um, I like podcasts, you know, Patreon, whatever, whatever I subscribe to, I like, um, I don't really like anything else, um, and what I search is directly what I want most of the time, unless I get into those phases where I'm just, like, scrolling around, and, you know, which I try not to do that too much, because then it's like, well, what am I even looking for? I'm just waiting for something to pop up that looks interesting, but, um, yeah, like, I wish there was a way to filter out stuff like, better, and not necessarily for religious reasons, but, like, it's not even adult content or whatever, it's just there's certain content I just don't want to see, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's just, like, ugh, like, on YouTube, sometimes I'll be, like, scrolling, and it'll be, like, some grotesque, you know, thumbnail, or, like, something that's, like, ugh, like, like, you know, like, how this murderous, you know, parent ate their three infants or something, it's, like, ill, or, like, some person who, like, murdered everybody in their sleep or something, it's, like, how did this get recommended to me, and it's, like, the options are, like, not interested or, like, whatever, and, like, I'll always, like, click whatever it is to make it so it doesn't keep showing me that kind of stuff, but I'm, like, it's disgusting, like, I don't want to even see some of those weird thumbnails of those, like, disfigured-looking things and, like, 
strange animals and strange looking beings and stuff. It's like, like, I'm not into that, you know, and like, it's disturbing. I don't want to see it. Um, but you know, it gets recommended to me every now and then. Um, and I just find it gross. Like people with their heads stuck together with two people or something. It's just like, Oh, like, I don't want to see this. Um, so I try not to just keep scrolling or else that kind of stuff starts happening sometimes. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, you know, I don't think the filters are like good enough for me. Um, there's one thing that I kind of like, um, Yeah, I I just don't want to, uh, I sometimes just don't want to, you know, be involved, you know, with, with that kind of stuff. I find it gross, um, but, you know, I don't like violence, I don't like news, I don't like politics, I don't like anything, and I don't like it, you know, when I go to the airport, or when I go get gas, or when I go to any kind of waiting room, almost of any kind, you know, how the news, like, even at the gym, it's like, why is the news on, like, everywhere, like, I actively avoid the news, and I still can't get away from it, you know, it's like, you know, and I purposely try not to consume that kind of content, it's not for me, um, I'm just fine without it, I don't need to know, um, even when there's news on in the house, if, like, my mom's watching it or something, I'll usually shut the door. There's, like, a door to, like, the kitchen, and I'll usually try to, like, shut the door so I don't have to listen to it, or I'll have, like, headphones in. Like, I don't even like overhearing the news stories when I'm cooking and that kind of stuff. Um, It's just gross. Like, I get just disgusted by it. I'm like, I don't want to know how horrific people are, you know? I don't want to think about this. Um... And, you know, it's not, you know, like a moral thing or whatever. It's just, for me, it's more like a mental health thing and just like an energy thing. Like once I get my head like into some zone that's like negative, it just unleashes all this other stuff that I'm like, I didn't need this today. That's not what I was going for. Like I wasn't trying to like think about all this, you know, um, like I'd rather think about better things and, you know, solutions, like, don't just give me all the problems, like, let's talk solutions, you know, um, I don't want to get, like, stressed out or angry or worried because somebody's spinning some story some direction because they want me to believe one-sided, a one-sided thing, like, it's also one-sided, too, they don't usually tell you both sides, like, I know what they're doing, and it's all propaganda, and I just, I hate it, you know, I hate it all, Um, but it's not really something I value, so I really try not to pay attention to it, and I get very annoyed that I see it all over the place, I hate it so much, um, and, um, 
there's some other things. Like, yeah, like, I liked how there was some content that they were saying. This is the last thing I'll say. Like, in the Jewish community, where they were saying um, uh, that there were some... Uh, um, like posters up to kind of explain kind of like uh, some speeches that were coming and maybe conferences or something that were about you know internet addiction porn addiction um, on the internet um, just internet use in general um I think in, in Drew Binsky's episode and even, even in Peter Santanello's episodes um, about the Hasidic community, um, they did show people having flip phones um, and things like that. And just it seemed like sometimes people weren't too open to being interviewed in some of those religious cultures, um, which, you know, I understand people kind of like might take stories and spin it into some other like thing and just like try to make them out to be something that they're not. I understand that there could be some, uh, you know, need for caution with that kind of thing. Having like an outsider come into your community and, and start saying something, uh, like that. Um, uh, or something false. Because um, a lot of times, you know, the religious types are just trying to mind their own business and live their lives. Um, they're not trying to be a part of mainstream society. They're trying to do their own thing. And I understand that, you know. Um, I mean, I, I somewhat lived the life a little bit similar to some extent. Like, you know, even though I really wasn't, I kind of was, even though I kind of wasn't you know like I wasn't like fully doing all the stuff but enough that I totally understand you know the struggle of it and but I there is some beauty in the disconnection I I find it you know one beautiful part of culture of a culture to be just disconnected from a lot of the mainstream stuff um I found it made my life easier to some extent um there was a lot of stuff that I just didn't know I didn't need to know you know um I mean I'll say I say this a lot you know usually the stuff you need to know you'll find out anyways like there aren't any real major news stories that I ever missed out on you know every musician that dies like I'll see it you know when I go on Instagram there's all these rest in peace or whatever or you know if something is going on I'll see it like I've never missed a major news story. I just don't need every single news story that exists, you know. Um, There's no point, like, really. Especially because I can't do anything about most of what's going on anyways. It's like, you know, like, you can contribute money, volunteer, do those kind of, like, activist things, which I do believe in activism. I do believe in, you you know, standing up for rights and, you know, but I'm more of, like, okay, like, I'm not here to, like, spend all my time, like, consuming the information. Give me, like, the short elevator pitch of what's going on, and then, like, let's start finding solutions for these problems. Like, I don't think you need to, like, sit in front of, like, 
lengthy stories about, you know, North Korean atrocities and things like that, where you're just like, oh my goodness, like, like, how did that add any value to my day to like know about any of that, you know? But um, still, on occasion, I'll get wrapped up in it and be like losing sleep over stuff. Um, Because I'm just not really used to that. But yeah, I kind of want to see if I can tune into some of these religion talks um, just to see kind of what they say about, you know, internet. Um, Because I'm kind of fascinated by it because I know um, my relationship with it as a person who isn't like deeply diving into um like a strict religious practice that involves like a congregation as well um like what I do if I do things I do it on my own time on my own dime I don't really talk about it too much um I don't mind talking about it with friends or family but it's like I kind of prefer not to really say um too much like I'm open to things you know, like if somebody invites me to their service or whatever, I might go, might. Um, I'm not like opposed, but I don't really want people telling me what to do. I don't really want other people involved in my business. Um, I kind of like to find my own path and learn. One thing I love about religions is the learning. Um, so I, I definitely can see that like, you know, a lot of religions use the internet for learning purposes, you know, and community purposes and, you know, exposure and, you know, uh, just to provide content, cultural content for what the values are that they want to push in that culture. I've seen that often. But one thing I don't see too much or haven't heard too much really are these direct conversations about what people should and shouldn't do. I'm very interested in from culture, um, from Jewish culture, F-U, sorry, F-R-U-M, from. Um, I'm very interested in that culture um, <clears throat> almost more than Amish culture because Amish culture, I feel like they pick certain places to live um, where they're not, like, you know, like, they're usually more isolated versus, like, from Jews, who a lot of them live in, like, New York City, or, like, out in, like, West LA, and things like that, like, they're in the middle of, like, major cities a lot of times, so that's kind of different, you know, to be, to be from, and I've, there's one lady who I think, Uh, I think she's a black or African-American female who uh, converted to uh, from Judaism, uh, from culture Judaism. Um, And she was kind of talking about, I think I came across her content um, because she was talking about Shomer Nagia. And it's kind of like this, I think it means like protecting the touch or something like that. It's kind of like this tradition of like not touching people of the opposite sex like even like handshakes or hugs like when you first meet somebody versus there are some cultures that you know you kiss people on the cheek and you hug them and things like that 
but like to not shake hands. Um, and you know, um, I mean, I've shake, I've shaken hands with people just as a formality where I was like, ill, like your hands are sticky, like, or something where I'm like that, you know, I didn't want to shake hands with that person, you know, like maybe their handshake was like too rough or like, I just didn't want them or, or like when people come up and like hug you and I've had people like hug me that I didn't really want around me or whatever. Um, and it's just kind of how I was, but, um, I, um, uh, I kind of, I kind of, um, I guess I could say, Um, yeah, I'm just interested in learning more, um, about what different, um, Orthodox Jewish cultures say, because I, I do find a lot of their content online, but a lot of it is learning content and, you know, some of it's funny. There's like some humorous stuff on there. Some of it's like dancing, singing, you know, creative types of stuff, um, but I do think they have pretty strict rules compared to to the mainstream, but what interests me is that they also live in the mainstream, like, they're, they live in, a lot of times people will have their own communities that they live within, but it's, like, there's still people, like, it's not, like, a closed community, people can still walk through those neighborhoods, like, it's not closed off, and so, you know, they still are exposed to outside culture, um, and try to, like, insulate themselves, um, and I find it interesting, just, like, the evolution of things with the internet, how it it kind of has infiltrated a lot of religious cultures, because I started noticing it in the one that I grew up, and, like, there was a certain point where I was like, huh, I wonder when they're going to start telling us to stop using the internet, and, like, that day never came, you know, (laughs) like, especially on the Sabbath, it was kind of like, oh, like, and then I noticed that the conversation about TV and radio and all that kind of stuff, it just kind of disappeared too. Cause like, I think it just kind of went with the flow, the flow of like, nobody really cares about these things anymore. Um, they're not, not that they were trying to just take things away cause it was like somebody wanted it. So we take it away, but it's more like disconnecting from the mainstream and focusing on like spiritual things for a day for 24 hours. You know, it's not like it's supposed to be that hard. Um, you still get a Saturday night, weekend night in. It's not like you can't go party still if you wanted to do that. Like, I mean, you're not necessarily supposed to be partying, but I mean, like, whatever. Like, you can party other ways. You don't have to be doing drugs and stuff, but you can still go out and do stuff. And, like, I don't know. With with Christianity, I don't know that many religions, that many denominations that are very strict on things. I mean, there are, like, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, um, uh, Mennonites, Amish, they're kind of up there. I'd say Adventism is kind of, like, underneath all of those. Like, it's, like, one rung underneath all that strictness. Um, Because you're not, I feel like with Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, they have more, like, clothing styles and stuff, like, during the week. 
how they have to dress and like stuff they have to do that's more intensive like being a missionary like Adventists have missions too and it's very much part of the culture but it's more like you know you're not going door to door and trying to like convert people and stuff like that and like teach them about the Book of Mormon and all this kind of stuff like you're like we did do door knocking and stuff but it was more like praying with people and like that kind of thing there was like a little bit of that evangelistic kind of thing but um it was on occasion and it wasn't like daily um and yeah missions work there is still like a mission uh type of work usually just going out into other I know so many friends that went to other countries for like a year that's very very common to do mission work for a year out out of the country or out of the state at least um it's very highly looked upon um but I don't really know that many people who uh um who um I just don't know. Like, I don't really know that many people who were, um, like, religious and Adventist and completely, like, as hardcore as when I was growing up, like, I feel like the whole, like, media stuff isn't as much of a conversation these days. Maybe it is, and I'm just not tuned into it, because I don't really follow along with, like, what's going on. Um, A lot of my generation kind of, like, split from the church. Like, a lot of my generation kind of challenged a lot of the rules. Like, we were the ones who came in with the social media and the meat and like all that kind of stuff and you know kind of rocked up the mainstream a lot you know drums in the church and all kinds of stuff like we kind of you know shook up a lot of the the churches to a point where there was a lot of big conversations about it and I think a lot of our generation got turned off to a lot of stuff of like look you guys don't even want us as part of your church you know we would we would kind of speak up and say like what's the incentive for us to stay here And I remember having these conversations in rooms full of elders and pastors and whatnot and being like, look, like people my age don't come here because there's none of us here. Like, what am I going to hang out with a bunch of like 50 year olds or hang out with a bunch of teenagers? Like the ones of us who didn't go away to like different colleges or become pastors or go into missions or find like a spouse somewhere like the single people, especially who stayed in church in their 20s and 30s. It's like, well there's nothing for us here like all the stuff all the social activities and everything stopped at a certain age like once you graduate high school there wasn't really anything for us and then once you know you get married you kind of come back and raise your kids in the church so there was like this group of people we were all like in between this phase where it was like okay like you want us to come here but you don't like our music and you don't like our food and you don't like our media and you don't like anything that we do and you're just telling us not to do anything and it's like it's not gonna fly and I think a lot of us saw past a lot of the traditional stuff and we're like look if I want to do this stuff and I want to live my life this way I'm gonna do it or not but 
you know, a lot of us were like, well, it's not biblical. So like, I don't really need to like care to like have to do this. And, you know, there was a whole lot of pushback. I, I'm now remembering that there was a whole lot of pushback and like arguing and like a lot of people got their feelings hurt and a lot of just people just left and a lot of people were fed up with it. And then you started seeing these other, these alternative churches sprouting out with like younger, younger generations of people that it was like churches run by people in their thirties and twenties. Like there were quite a few churches like that in LA where it was like younger populations of people would go to these services. So it would be all services of people like in college, like the pastors were just newly out of college. The whole congregation was mostly college students and it was awesome, you know, um, but we kind of had our own rules and did our own things. And, you know, there were even newspapers like we'd be in, in some of the like church newspapers and stuff and just like, like, what are they doing? Like, what are these people doing? You know, and then we didn't really get a lot of support from it. And then a lot of us were like, screw this. I'm just going to go and focus on my job now because like, you know, I'm getting recognition over here and I'm putting in the work over here and like, screw this religion or the people who stayed in the religion and really tried to like be in it and still they're kind of like you know a little bit like I don't know like um I do see that kind of conflict within a lot of friends still like that people kind of have like this like I don't know how to explain it like you're culturally religious um, and you follow the traditions, but it's like, sometimes it's like, you don't really believe in it, but it's just what you do for your own lifestyle balance. And that's kind of something I can very much relate to that. It's like, that's probably the one way I know how to balance my life is to just, you know, follow along with like Adventist lifestyle, um, expectations is just to kind of do that kind of stuff. Even if, like, I don't really feel it in my heart, like, on a spiritual level or anything, I'll still sometimes definitely go back to it just because I'm like, well, I'm healthier when I'm doing this, um, but then there's also the other unhealthy aspect of it with all the fighting and arguing and, like, debating and, you know, just people trying to, like, get under each other's skin and not really listen and not just let everyone have their differences, like, some people just can't have it, and it's it's pretty sad to see, but um, it was a big turnoff for me with the church. It was a huge turnoff for me, whereas, like, you know, there's a certain point where it's, like, we're all adults here, you know, and a lot of us that were, like, in co- college ages, a lot of us weren't being treated like adults. They'd be, they'd still tell us things like, oh, the kids have to go to the back of the line, you know, out of respect, you know, um, for the elders who were, like, eating meals and stuff the kids have to go to the back and then they'd send the kids to the back we go to the back because we were young but then once we got older we were still younger than a lot of the adults but they were still like kids too and they'd still tell us go to the back of the line and it's like come on man like like I'm 30 years old you know like we're not kids anymore and you know they kind of you know I feel like it did serve a lot of people well to like leave those churches and go to you know, churches where you were all the same generation and kind of could relate to the same things. But then also, like, the financial support wasn't there. You know, the conference, oh my gosh, the freaking general conference would always be, like, on your case. There were a lot of good pastors who don't pastor anymore. 
because they were just bullied uh, a lot and had to put up with a lot of BS. And, you know, um, there were people who didn't want to change and they would still stick around those congregations. It's like, well, if you don't want this, go to another church, you know, like you don't have to stay here if you don't like the drums, go somewhere where they don't have drums. There are plenty of churches where they don't have drums, you know, Um, but I do think um, the social media stuff, the internet stuff, just kind of like the lifestyle with the millennial generation with like a lot of these like ultra religious kind of um Adventist groups it it really was something that I did see shift and even now like I meet a lot of, like a lot of people my generation that live in LA that were from the Adventist church like we it's like a whole cultural thing like you know each other you still have those close ties to people it's unlike any other type of culture usually that you'll find outside of like mainstream you know Christian groups like usually you know churches aren't that close-knit together especially in a major city like LA and you know people are still like oh you talk to so-and-so or like how's this family doing or whatever and like you still kind of know people who know people um it's a good time but um but yeah, it's still there's still some challenge in it. It's not like the easiest thing on earth um, to try to navigate. And like I do miss a lot of it. Like that's why I talk about it all the time. There's a lot of it that I miss, and then there's a lot of it that I'm like, thank God I don't have to like think about this stuff all the time anymore. Um, but yeah, like um, it is a culture, and. Um, it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, I do want to see kind of what from culture, from Jewish, Jewish culture kind of has to say, uh, I kind of wish Heshi Freed was still making material because, uh, his stuff was really good, but I, I think he got married maybe. I don't really know the whole story, but I think he got married and then that kind of, he just kind of stopped maybe. I don't really know. Um, I think he had videos from, like, 10 years ago, 13 years ago. Like, he had, like, some old videos. Um, but, yeah. Well, I need to stop this recording and, like, get dinner because it's getting late. And I've been recording for a really long time. But, cool. I'll keep trying to post a little bit on here when I have kind of topics that come up. Thanks for listening.